Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Welcome to Missed Apex Podcast. This episode is called I Definitely Remembered We Were Meant to Do a Podcast Today. I'm your host, Richard Spanners Ready, and I'm joined by Matt Two Rumpets. How's it going, Matt? Completely fine. I thought you were going to introduce me as Matt. Totally not sitting around, not ready to do this at all. Two Rumpets. Well, to be fair, we've had this episode prepared and sat around for quite a while. So we're not completely on the bounce because we've got some more driver awards to talk about. Uh, But yes, I didn't realise that I was occupied all weekend and my only option was to either do it now, which is 30 minutes after we remembered, or to leave you in the clutches of Matt Trumpets on his own on a Sunday in the shed. And you just wrecked the place, Matt. Yeah, that is that is what I generally tend to do. And uh, just a bit of housekeeping. If you go to MissedApexPodcast.com forward slash karting. Yes, that's right. No one tell Felix, but I did a website thing on my own. So that's MissedApexPodcast.com forward slash karting. You can reserve your place for a deposit of just £30 to come karting with us on the 20th of April at Rye House. We're also joined by Chris Stevens. How's it going, Chris? It's going great, Spanners. I've uh, caught my breath. Ready to do an impromptu show. You have just been in Africa and you are still looking like a vampire in the dark. I know. It's crazy, right? Um, that's what, what happens when you you know, actually go and do work. You end up not being outside for uh, all that much time. You know, I'm still just staring at a laptop screen in the media center for most of the time. But it was a very nice trip to uh, Morocco. And we will definitely catch up with a little tiny bit, don't panic, a little tiny bit of what you got up to watching Formula E. And uh, if you get bored of this or think, oh, these guys are just winging it, you're not wrong. You can go and check E Radio Show, which was planned and very well edited in the end, uh, as required, or so I hear. We are an independent podcast produced in the podcasting shed with the kind permission of our better halves. We aim to bring you a race review before your Monday morning commute. We might be wrong. But we're first. Oh, Matt, how I wish there was race reviews coming up. But it's it's not that long, really, is it? I mean, we've got testing in just over a month. 
We do. 33 days to go. Um, we know there's some. Uh, there's one or two card drop dates we've already heard. Uh, we've got all sorts of excitement to talk about. Um, well, let's start there. Yeah. Let's start there. Let's start with the card drop dates we know about. Well, the one that I have in my big dirty news is the McLaren car launch, which is happening on Valentine's Day for all you spurned McLaren fans who thought they would be dicing it out with Red Bulls and Ferraris this year. They are presenting you with a chocolate-wrapped love offering of Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz and a brand new car. It doesn't feel right without the bumper, does it? Big Dirty News. I mean, I was going to let that roll, but something just felt empty a little bit like McLaren's promises over the last two years. So, Chris, they've been going on about we'll be challenging for podiums by the first update in Barcelona. Uh, we'll be going for wins this year. Have you heard anything like that from the camp? Or have they finally kind of learned that PR lesson of under-promise, over-perform? Well, first of all, I have to say I feel very bad for everyone working at McLaren on that particular launch day because you know it's going to run way into the evening and I do hope they didn't plan anything with their significant others oh yes that's really oh that's a good point when the boss says yeah we're doing it on the 14th you go ah thanks a lot Zach cheers I'm going to get it in the neck now but it is always best to celebrate Valentine's Day the day before or the day after anyway so you don't get ripped off some some of the guys might be uh, relieved. You're like, yes, don't have to fork out for that one. Or people like you who are inherently unlovable and have no one. Uh, it's just, you know, you could distract yourself from that misery. Uh, no, that, that's what February 13th is all about or Desperation Day, as it's come to be known. Oh, uh, now I feel bad that I ripped on you because you look genuinely sad. Uh, well, let's... But- <laughs> So how I met your mother reference. Let's uh, let's talk about McLaren a little bit, Matt. So I alluded to the empty promises and some people did get swept up in that. Certain expert racing driver panelists actually predicted that McLaren would be fighting for the championship over the last two seasons. You can have some sympathy for McLaren fans because you desperately want your team to do well. And when you've got someone who was so PR and commercially focused at the helm saying, yes, this is going to be the year, this is going to happen. Then they've become the Liverpool of F1. Although I understand Liverpool's recent performance this season may invalidate that analogy. So Liverpool would be pool full of liver then? It's a dark place. You must never go there. Only kidding. I love you, Scousers. Right. No, um, have they learned their lesson? I don't know. The... Their attitude is baked kind of into the corporate DNA. But I think with Zach being there and having put in the management that he's put in, we haven't heard quite the same promises. And if I'm remembering my forays through Twitter correctly, they're talking about maybe a three-year plan at this point being a realistic path forward for them, Um, partly because they're going to be bringing in uh, not only James Key, we're still uncertain when he's going to start, but Andreas Zeidel is coming in as well to run the Formula One side of things, uh, formerly of Porsche World Endurance Championship. But they had a fairly large uh, technical boo-boo this year, which is, I think, how they described it in the literature, um, and and wound up basically making their car wrong, not quite on the level of um, Virgin with their gas tank being the wrong size, and so they couldn't put enough fuel for an entire race in it sort of boo-boo. But... Um, 
because of their correlation issues, they wound up essentially putting the front axle slightly in the wrong spot, which meant that instead of having beautiful vortices whipping down the car, sealing the diffuser, maxing out the downforce, they said created a massive ball of turbulence anytime they turned the wheel that essentially completely spoiled all the arrow further down the car. Okay, well, that's something that's kind of passed me by. Presumably, this was one of your incredibly interesting tech chats with Summers that I definitely listen to whilst I remain conscious. So whenabouts in the season are we talking about this this happening? Was that this season? Just That gone? was this season, and it took them roughly about half the season to discover what was going wrong. They knew something was going wrong because the numbers didn't match their predictions. But what exactly was going wrong took them uh, maybe till Spain, maybe a little bit farther to figure out. That kind of makes sense because I remember comments from Alonso talking about using the Grand Prix's testing sessions around that kind of time. So this is obviously in the olden days, they would have just tested that to oblivion. And, you know, even by trial and error, they'll have been able to just whack parts on over the course of a week's testing and fault find but they've only had the Grand Prix to fault find against. And if you've got a correlation error, presumably that was affecting their wind tunnel performance as well. Yeah, well, it's I believe it was the software tools they used to compare the wind tunnel to reality to their CFD things. But the issue was deeper than that because it was the front axle placement. Even once they found it, there was quite literally no fix short of homologating a brand new chassis, which wasn't going to happen at that point in the season. So they basically chucked it in and have spent the rest of the time preparing themselves for this year. And in the meantime, though, they were getting a battering from news outlets, from websites, from <clears throat> podcasts. And it's it's been a very frustrating for them season for them within the team. And should we say a, a, a source close to the team has expressed to us some frustration about perhaps the general perception that they were, I don't know, somehow they were idiots who couldn't make a car. You know, we have to appreciate that there are really experienced, skillful guys banging their heads against the wall, desperately trying to fix a problem. Yeah. And the thing is, it, it's the kind of problem, it's the kind of problem that, <clears throat> it's the kind of problem that isn't really fixable once you find it, but it's a small thing, but so very, very easy it's an easy kind of a mistake to make, and it's thoroughly unfixable once you're to that point in the season. I mean, pretty much once you're in the season, period. It's very, very hard to recover. So, Well, Chris, you might hope that given they lost so much ground and they kind of they must have given up really on saying we're going to challenge the top three or whatever, um, you'd hope that as well as fixing that problem, they've also kind of gone, okay, do you know what? We don't need to shout about it, but let's really look at 2019. We've got two young, fantastic, dynamic drivers in that cockpit, and we can't let them down. Uh, yeah, you would certainly hope so. I mean, I, th- there's so little point in making grand uh, predictions like that. Yeah, like this is what the, the target is going to be um, when you've had a, such a disruptive period like McLaren has had. Not least, you know, with uh, what was going on at Honda, but then all the management issues in recent years as well so I, I think at that point you can't just suddenly go into a season saying yeah we're going to be fighting for you know regular top sixes at this uh point uh, I, I do hope that they are going to be f- fighting a little closer to the front this year because formula one really needs mclaren to be right up there and i think formula one 
needs uh, people like Lando Norris fighting up at the front of, of the field quite rapidly as well, not languishing down the back of the field with no clue why their car isn't working properly. You've already wasted Fernando Alonso. You've already seen to Stoffel Van Dorn's career. I think there's going to be heartbreak from Sainz fans, very popular driver. And I think a lot of Brits are getting on the Lando Norris hype train as well. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll be surprised, to, uh, not surprised, I'll be interested to see how uh, science goes because uh, I've al- always had question marks of a, where where his abilities you know, really lie in terms of uh, the F1 uh, grid because uh, he did okay at Toro Rosso, you know, being able to match Max Verstappen uh, was pretty good at times, um, but then it was quite difficult for him to get the better of Hulkenberg at Renault a lot of the time. You've got to say he's got to be able to beat Lando Norris straight out of the baton, you know, with the years of F1 experience he now has under his belt. He's got to be able to beat the rookie. And I'll be interested to see how Lando does in his first season as well. It's going to be so fascinating. Like you said, I'd, I'd almost forgotten that we had Carlos Sainz up against Max Verstappen. And then Hulkenberg's got Ricciardo to deal with as well. Well, the, the thing for Lando is well, I'll be interested to see how he goes in a championship where he knows he's not going to win the title yeah. you know, because his entire career he's been winning championships. I mean, remember a couple of years ago where he entered three different series and won all three of them and then blitzed F3 and then F2 was the first time he was really up against it and didn't win the championship. Whole new experience for him. Uh, and now he's got another whole new experience in fighting in the midfield um, or potentially at, at the rear, uh, you know, it, we, we think it's going to be one of those two. Nobody's really expecting them to be able to fight for race wins and podium straight out of the baton, are they? Um, so that's going to be fascinating to see how he handles that. I tell you what, Matt, you just told me and filled me in about that aero correlation software issue. Did we mention whether they think they've actually cracked it for 2019 or is it irrelevant because they've started again? Uh, well, I think they had started again, you know, certainly after the summer break. Uh, have they cracked it? Well, I guess we'll have to see the car on track to know the answer to that one for sure. But yeah, th- they will have understood what went wrong and they will have been able to fix it. But we don't know what the evolution of their design will be specifically and especially because we have such big, well, fairly big regulation changes coming at us again in twenty in the 2019 season which we can get onto as testing approaches. Uh, we could wildly speculate, though, couldn't we, Matt? Just just for a change in the off-season, we could wildly speculate about where we think McLaren will be in the general running order, Australia aside. And actually, at this point, what even constitutes a victory for McLaren? Because the false hope has got to have drifted away from from most McLaren fans, I've noticed somebody there in the chat room has said they could do a Ross Braun and sort of appear out of nowhere with a uh, with a 2009 championship car. I, I don't think anyone's realistically expecting that. What constitutes success for McLaren next season? Well, you'd have to assume that they need to do better. I think if they can find themselves on the tracks that they feel they're good on, yeah, fighting with the likes of Haas and Renault and no longer force India, uh, that they would indeed be um, very, very happy with that. I think long term, they want to be occupying 
if nothing else, the neutral ground that Red Bull has occupied behind Ferrari and Mercedes the last couple of seasons, and at best, grabbing the occasional podium or win in two to three years' time. The benchmark for them, surely, thankfully for them, I think is no longer Red Bull now that they've switched to Honda engines. The benchmark for them now is going to be the works Renault team because you've got to say McLaren are going to design a better chassis than than Renault, but Renault is a works team, but McLaren are a, a team that you would expect to be fighting fighting at the front of the field. So, you know, there's, there's two interesting little things there that should suggest why both teams will be moving forward in 2019. Uh, I think we're all expecting Renault, the works team, to move forward closer to the front of the field. No. Uh, anyway, a little bit. Well, I, as some of us are. Um, that's the benchmark for them. They've got to be able to match and probably beat them. There, there could be a golden opportunity here because, you know, the F1 gods can be very cruel. Let's say early on in the season, Red Bull's master Honda plan doesn't go doesn't go as envisaged and the Honda ends up chugging away like it has done in the past. And I'm not doing them down and that's not a a prediction, but it's certainly possible that with some slightly new regulations fitting into a new philosophy, new renewed pressure in a top, top team that the Honda engine has a few stutters in 2019. And I don't expect Renault to be pushing up with the top three. I, I expect Renault to be surpassed by racing point stroll and for Renault to actually be struggling to hold on to that fifth place. If McLaren can get it right, the top five, six is there for the taking, Chris. Yeah, you'd have to say, I mean, with the, with racing point, I don't think they're going to be seeing the benefit of uh, the extra cash straight away. I think that's going to be more 2020. So uh, I'll expect them to, you know, move forward like they always do, but I don't think they, uh, they will. So, you know, there's spots for McLaren to take uh, there. Um, you'd think Sauber and, and, and Williams are going to be occupying a few more spots as well. Really? Trying to move forward. Wow. So, that's a prediction. I think that's the worst prediction you've ever made. That we... I, I, it's, it's a potential possibility. It's not a prediction. Um, but, the, you know, the, the opportunities for all of these teams to improve <laughs> uh, are all there. Um, I think I think it's pretty clear what McLaren need to do uh, in order to be considered a success, which is to start winning races again. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I have my thinking on McLaren has evolved. And given who they've brought in to run things, I'm actually there's actually, I think, more than a small glimmer of hope that they might wind up being a bit of a surprise in the next, if not this season, certainly next season. Um, they've got a lot of very good and well-respected people coming in to make this work, and yeah, I kind I kind of like it. I think I think they have suffered enough to be considered an underdog again, and that will be a role that both suits them and uh, helps them greatly. In in many ways, Chris, perfect for a resurgent Carlos Sainz who feels like he's had a consolidation year at Renault and by all accounts is left with no hard feelings and a young Lando Norris to have like nearly no expectation. Both of them have this opportunity to just keep popping up, pop up high in the in Q3, look amazing, steal the odd podium, steal the odd top six finish, which is still a thing, by the way. You're wrong if you don't think it is. It's a golden opportunity for young drivers. It's almost if they don't have the same kind of correlation issue, it's almost the seat you would choose out of F2, F3. Uh, I, well, I think that's debatable about 
<laughs> the okay seat. well put it this way i bet both those drivers think the other one's beatable as well on top of all that oh yeah definitely i mean if on the face of it you know science is probably going to be more involved in the development process maybe involves the wrong word but certainly i would expect carlos to be a bit better at developing a car given that he spent the last you know 18 months helping renault move forward um as well whereas lando doesn't really have that experience uh, because he's, you know he's been working with spec cars for um the vast majority of his career so you'd think that he's going to be more bringing more of the raw speed uh and you know throwing up the the, the great qualifying performances for example whereas science is probably going to be the more methodical one but of the two of them can't believe you just called lando norris stupid on a live stream that's terrible let's move on before he shames himself and missed apex podcast further trumpets we had some driver chris don't look at me like that i know you weren't saying it you look sad no one's going to take that seriously trumpets we were doing some driver awards weren't we uh we were we could continue doing that shall we okay i mean it's the off season isn't it i think we've done well we've done well haven't we we've had people jump on and delay us finishing our driver awards, which means we've got all the way to mid-January and we're still, we've still got content that we're desperate to get out and desperate to talk about. Uh, that's why I love having a, a big and varied panel. And while I'm waffling on, why don't I slate... That's not the right word. Why don't I tease that we probably have Matthew Carter jumping on on the 27th for a live stream. It is, it is penciled in, but it's where you press on the pencil. So you could rub it out but it would still leave kind of a mark on the paper and you'd know it was planned at some point. Um, I'm lost. Driver awards. Right. Who do we want to do? I don't know. I thought you led this. You, you can do it. Um, okay. Ding, 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 ding. Tell you um, what. Well, I'll, I'll choose. Think... You've taken too long. Perez. Come to Perez's name at the top of our list. <laughs> but it's a good thing you didn't interrupt me before I managed to get that. Oh, you were <clears throat> waffling like a sizzling ball of fatty oiled pancake mix yes and it is delicious and thick and fluffy soaked in maple syrup and butter all right i don't know why i said that anyway perez perez is up for the checks in the mail award because after missing out on his paycheck from the former and no longer force india eventually he was all you keep using that word but i don't think you know what it means (laughs) with regards to their promises to pay him and that led to the the lawsuit which led to the destruction and rebirth of Force India, which, of course, we have to thank him for because, boy, did we have a lot to talk about over summer break. Now then, you know I'm a big fan of Checo. I'm, like, full-on hashtag Team Perez. However, that situation, it, it didn't just come out of nowhere. It sort of felt like it came out of nowhere to us. But let's be honest, Sergio Perez was not sat at home going, oh, man, I've not been paid and it's the 27th of the month. Now I've got to choose between Uncle Ben's packet rice or a beef pot noodle. And I hate them because you've got to pick all the peas out before you boil it because peas are horrible and terrible. He's not sitting at home doing that. He's not having to worry about the rent. I can't help but feel that there was um, a bit of a game of chess, a, a game of thrones, a seat of cars contest going on. And that Perez has kind of gone, do you know what? I think that Ocon not being in the next seat would be amazing. Or that he saw something in the stroll business model and went, do you know what? 
these are, this is all wild speculation, of course. But, you know, if I was looking at Lawrence Stroll and looking at his ambition and what he does in business generally, I'd, I'd kind of want him on board as well. All I'm saying is it felt like there was a little bit more than Perez sitting at home going, oh, no, where is my money? He's not Italian. Yeah, well, it's um, would you would be absolutely right about that because Mercedes was was one of the creditors that was owed money. And this was sort of a plan, and I believe that it was sort of executed with the knowledge of all parties and, and was sort of put together as a way to make this happen. Of course, it didn't wind up working out quite as they had planned uh, because they, the team was actually unable to be sold intact. So uh, what are the awards that you have proposed? So the first one is that you keep using that word, but I don't think you know what it means, i.e. pay, I think you were referring to. It was the checks in the mail award. The checks in the mail award. I like that. And then, and then the other one we have, which is I, I can see you getting on board with this, is the is that a podium I smell award? Because once again, he was the only midfielder to nab a podium appearance. Although to be fair, it was in the uh, excessively wild but thoroughly entertaining Azerbaijan. Wait from- a minute. Wait a minute. Let's let's just roll back. 12 months before that podium, okay? And what did everyone say? Oh, well, Lance Stroll, you can't knock him. He got a podium. 72 other cars crashed out of the way and could have won. And then Lance Stroll basically by default picked up a podium. Well, podium's a podium. You can only race. Same thing when he got a sixth in Canada. But when Perez scores a cheeky podium in the same environment, people want to take that away. I'm not quite sure why people are so forgiving of Stroll. And I've gone full Perez Fossey, haven't I, Matt? Uh, you're, you're totally standing him now. It's it's unbelievable. I was triggered. You triggered me. But yeah, once again, he has shown this consistently that he is the guy from the midfield that can go and nick that podium. I would be very, very happy with Perez in my team as a midfield boss. Yeah, no, and, and there's no doubt about it. He's certainly someone who, if he has the, uh, if he has a possibility, he definitely has the ability to make sure the car gets across the line, and he is very genius especially with the tires and that's a big part of his magic i got to say tires there i'm so happy the, there was a master plan from the panel if you were going to host the show on your own on sunday they were going to start you talking about tires and then all gradually hang up and just see if you noticed it could it could be missed apex's first 14 hour episode uh, yeah, yeah i probably wouldn't i'll be honest i, I, I was yeah, I, I get like the focus you know? so I, w- I was sat in a meeting last week at work because yeah. i have to do meetings and stuff mm-hmm. and uh yep. Suddenly, I got a message through, which meant that I had to stall for three hours, and I had about an hour's worth of content. And I was like, "Wow, when's where's trumpets when you really need him? Could have just asked him <laughs> about tire compounds or something, and he'd have been off." Uh, let's uh, let's take the opportunity then to talk a little bit about what we think constitutes success for Force India or for Force Stroll, because. It's a mixed bag. I really am optimistic that they can produce a new car. I'm really optimistic that they've had the new funds thrown at them already and have already been able to use them to some extent. But there is a big question mark over their number two driver. Yeah, there is. And more funds are not always better funds. The, the, the danger for Racing Point is that they now are trying to take this step up to the next level and some people are very successful with that and some people are not so successful with that having extra money means extra options means extra choices and that means you can make a lot more bad choices 
because you're no longer constrained by your budget and you have more people, which means that getting the team to work together properly can also be a new challenge. You've got more people, they need more oversight. It's a very different ball game once you start adding that layer of complexity that allows you to move forward in Formula One. So I see that as their big risk. But on the plus side, they've retained the management structure that's made them this successful. As you point out, Stroll himself is a very clever and successful human being who probably knows rather a lot about how to make things work. So you can be optimistic. The biggest question mark is, as you say, the second driver's seat. They could be more successful than last year and wind up, wind up further down the field if Lance Stroll does not perform. That's going to be the real interesting point, isn't it, of seeing how Stroll compares against Perez. Because uh, although Perez isn't the most highly rated driver on the grid, he's a Boo. good benchmark. He's a good benchmark, I think, for, uh, for Stroll. Um, I, 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 for one, am not expecting him to, you know, come in and, and, and beat him. I think, I think Perez will have the upper hand. Um, but that's going to be one of the, I, one of the more closely looked at teammate battles of the season, I think. It, oh, it's just fascinating this year. I, I love the fact that we've got loads of pairings that are going to really, really answer questions. How good is Hulkenberg? because we, we think we rate Ricciardo, and he's been tested up against some real, real good drivers. I would say that Ricciardo is kind of a known right now. So we're going to see how good Hulkenberg is. Perez is a known factor. So we're going to see really what Stroll can do in what is going to be an above midfield car. Uh, Sainz is going to come up against a big challenge. He's kind of more known, if you like. So Lando Norris straight away is going to have a big benchmark. A lot of the times since I've been a kid, you know, we've had big, long, static runs in Formula One. This is just super... You can tell how excited I am for 2019 already. I am I am desperate, Chris. I'm desperate to get on a plane and go out to testing this year in whatever capacity, in the stands, sneaking under a fence, uh, in Joe Saywood's suitcase, anything. Yeah, I think we're all, we're all really excited for this. It happens every year, isn't there? So many unanswered questions and so many theories that we all really want the the answers to. And uh, I, there have been some long-standing questions that we're going to get some answers to in, in 2019. And Vettel! The, the big, yeah, <laughs> oh, Vettel, yeah, Leclerc. Can he get, can he get spanked? Oh, yeah. that's going to be a good one as well. Sorry, I'm overly excited. I will calm down. Trumpets. I, we should just not forget to actually hand out an award before we move on to whatever's next. Oh, right. Sorry. I think we were still talking about it. I just went off on one. Uh, yeah, no worries. Was there more? Was it just those two? <clears throat> it was just those two. Sorry. No, I think the first one, which I definitely remember, and I haven't scrolled down the page to the next news item. Uh, we'll call it the checks in the mail, then. Goes to Sergio Perez for suing his own team for back pay. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There we go. Let's have some more. Big Dirty News. Before we get onto the news, Matt, let's just reflect on a couple of things. So the Sunday that just went, we had our missed Apex iRacing and we had a big grid. I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's interested, uh, couldn't make it, but to the 22 people who did join us for what was a thrilling evening of mediocre online racing, Matt. Hopelessly amateur online racing that was a great, great deal (laughs) of fun. There There was like three good people though which ruined it a little bit but the rest of it that midfield it was chaotic uh, there was great discord chat and it was it was a load of fun isn't it just hanging out for a few hours with some listeners doing a bit of sim racing yeah it was i thoroughly enjoyed it It was the first time i'd done it and i could highly recommend it you do not need to be the least bit skilled <laughs> i tell you what on most of the tracks we were doing so we were racing around in mx5s and the fact that it's mx5s and not like formula one cars does mean that you're not as far behind Bradley Philpott, Mike Weddle, uh, David Hatton than you would otherwise be because, you know, the cars can only go so fast. So you do see those guys off in the distance. And even, Matt, even when I was racing you with my immense skill against your uh, penchant for taking apexes come what may, car or no car, uh, actually, you know, it took me four laps to get by you in one race. And it was really nice to think, I'm sitting and having a sim battle with trumpets was wicked. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. And I have to admit, my car was horribly damaged. I was losing tremendous time oh, on really? the first race. Yeah, it was. I, cause like I, you, you put the clip up of our battle and it was a great fun to watch, but I definitely, I could, I was like, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I, re- I remember that. I was down about four miles an hour on the, on the backstretch. I, I, I was down five miles an hour. And that was because person in the chat room here, Richard from Molden, viciously Ooh. and with malice, uh, thanks for your support, by the way, Richard from Molden. With malice, uh, blocked the road in front of me and I drove into him because I'm not skillful enough to avoid people. Uh, but anyway, it was great fun. If you want to get involved, you can email me spannersready at gmail.com and I'll put you on the mailing list and I go and get in touch with everyone before the next event. Shall we talk punishments, trumpets? Who in the F1 world? Oh, I sound like, um, it's not have I got news for you, the news quiz. Who in F1 has been told to have an electrifying punishment? I'll never be Sandy Toxvig, will I? Um, If you will recall, a certain Dutchman who we are totally fans of and not critical of in the slightest may have provoked the ire of FIA officials somewhere around, I don't know, Sao Paulo, shall we say, in the vicinity of, and was required to do some community service 
as a result. And he was performed at least the first part of that service. Yes. No, go on. You in, finish. In, in, in Marrakesh, at the EPRI that just happened, and we discussed this yesterday, he was required to go sit with the stewards all day during the race. You, Chris, they can't do that. The FIA cannot punish one of the top drivers in motorsport. And his, his punishment is he has to go and watch Formula E. Talk about hand a bone to the haters. Well, uh, in, a, in a way, yeah. I, I mean, I think when it was described as community service, people had a very different idea you know, in their head. Uh, but I guess kind of motorsport, FIA, community services is very different. Although I think this is just sort of part of the punishment. And there is um, a little bit more uh, to come because he's still got a second day of, uh, of service to, to come. And this should count as a warning because from now on, I'm not blocking people on YouTube or doing 30 second timeouts on the live stream. The punishment, if you misbehave in there, is you have to go to the Formula E e-radio show live stream and hang out there for a show. <laughs> No, look, and uh, I know the 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 joke is that formally is is a punishment. You know, watching formally is a punishment, and that's the message the FIA is sending, which is kind of ridiculous, really, because you wanna you wanna be able to make an uh, make a public example out of Verstappen. You you probably want to get it done before the season starts. You obviously can't do it at a Grand Prix. So what's on between the end of the F1 season? And the start of testing, Formula E. I mean, Weck's not on for another month and a bit. So this is really, yeah, these are the really the only events that you can you can put on. Uh, you can put him into an FIA event and and do this punishment as they see fit. Okay, so really, it's Max Verstappen. What learning about stewarding? It was that the kind of real lesson here, which is look, it's more than you at a race it's all these people contributing these are all the people that you have to consider is it what something like that was it yeah i imagine this way and kind of seeing incidents from a steward's perspective i mean we know he's made comments uh, in the heat of the moment about how stewards are killing racing um, but i imagine if he if he would have seen some of the stuff that went on in marrakesh then he will have uh, agreed all right, Chris, uh, let's talk a little bit about your career. Chris Stevens from Autosport. Let's take a moment to appreciate how much Chris Stevens has put into Missed Apex podcast. And I like to personally take credit putting you on here for your entire career. Um, I've been like a father figure to you, but there's no need to, to gush about that. About This is about you. It's not about me. Um, but you managed to get out to Marrakesh and reporting on Formula E. It's really a dream come true, isn't it? Yeah, do you know, it's funny because my podcasting career is exactly the same length as my Formula E career. Well, maybe podcasting's a bit first. I, I don't know. It's, like I said, I'm taking full credit, but we don't need to dwell on that. Well, no, I mean, it was a really great thing uh, going out there um, with, uh, you know, with my website to go and uh, tick off another another city, another race off the bucket list. It's my 21st different circuit that I've uh, been and visited, which means I've been to the same number of circuits as I have years on this planet, which is a nice, odd little statistic. But it was really, really cool. Uh, Marrakesh, a beautiful city. The race was incredible. Uh, and uh, I, I, I relish every opportunity I get to go and to go into the paddock and, and do the work because I, I, I really enjoy it. And everyone who is involved in Formula is just a, a really, really great bunch of, of people. They're great to work with. 
and people can follow your Formula E exploits by? Uh, going on Twitter, at cstevens underscore journo. I also uh, put up all my written work on uh, ejournoonline.com. That's kind of like my online portfolio. And then, of course, the podcast e-radio show where I basically unload all of my paddock findings in one big one-hour dump. Yep. That was a, a difficult sentence to say without landing us in trouble or requiring an edit. So well done. Tell you what, Trumpets, uh, let's focus in on Renault for our next driver awards. Let's focus on uh, the 2019 drivers a little bit, because I know we've got some Renault news coming up. Which one of the two future Renault boys do you want to start with? Ooh, let's let's find the awards. <clears throat> well, I can... Well, go on. Oh, jump, 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 jump. This happens, kids. There's a 45-second delay on S- Skype. We'll occasionally talk over each other, but that's no no problem. We're amongst friends. Yeah, I'm also quietly choking to death. Yeah, I so saw that, you that sneezing so offline. Like, you looked really bad. I nearly delayed long enough for you to recover, but I didn't. That reminds me of a Mark Marin thing that I need to tell you offline. Just do it now unless it's rude. <clears throat> well, it, it, it involves that... It, yeah, we should probably. Okay, let's do the Hulkenberg thing. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think Hulkenberg would clearly be the place to start because he's the returning driver. He's the king of Renault. He's been there a while and he has managed to kick Carlos Sainz out of the nest rather convincingly. So, despite that, his first award is the I'm Headed Home Early Award because he retired from seven Grand Prix compared to Sainz's two. And four of them were collision-related. So <clears throat> there you go. I have to admit, first... I, I haven't kept that close an eye on Hulkenberg's season. And I know there are a lot of Hulkenberg fans out there, but to me, he kind of disappears in the melee. He's he's quite the grey man of Formula One. So if you ask me what were the four collision retirements from Hulkenberg, I wouldn't be able to tell you, not off the top of my head. Well, I can give you a hint. At least one of them is involved in his second award. Oh, okay. It's okay. I like I like hearing the cops in the background. It reminds me that you are not in a shed in Bedfordshire. You're in the wilds of Brooklyn, baby. It's glamour. Yeah, I know. It's, unfortunately, there's a fire station right across the parkway. <laughs> um, no, the second award that I think we must consider, consider Hulkenberg for <clears throat> is the Orville and Wilbur Wright Award. For his magnificent but ever so brief unpowered manned flight in Abu Dhabi. I like it. I know all of those people. I know who all of them are. So it's okay. Is one of them a Wright brother and the other one also a Wright brother? Ah, it's flying. They invented birds. Good. I know who they are now. I'm all caught up. Uh, so, so, you know, do you, do you remember those those collisions? Like, are they his fault? Has he has he blown his season or has he just been unlucky? Uh, well, you know, it, a lot of it is partially him being unlucky and then just, you know, uh, the one or two of them were definitely his fault. So I, I think that that leads us nicely, Chris, onto just just going a little bit into the weeds of how we think he's going to do against Daniel Ricciardo. Do you remember it was announced just before our last karting event and we asked it at Missed Apex Live, didn't we? We did a we did a poll and everyone at the time thought Daniel Ricciardo is going to absolutely hand Hulkenberg his steering wheel. Oh, I don't know about absolutely, but uh, it's going to be a real uphill challenge for Nico, isn't it? Who, you know, at this point, 
his his true ability remains unknown. You know, he's had chances of podiums, yet hasn't secured them for various reasons. Most of them uh, has been down to his own errors. Uh, you'd have to say um, two podiums in Baku he could have had that he uh, he threw away by crashing out of both of them. Uh, Brazil 2012 is the one that springs to mind most, where uh, he you know spun from the lead in in the damp conditions and taking out Lewis Hamilton alongside him as well. So you know he's had the opportunities, had the cars able to to do it. So. This is uh, this is finally the year, you know. Ricardo's a well-known quantity, and we're finally going to get some answers. I am going to do this. I'm going to do this, right? I'm going to say a thing that pundits say. I'm going to question Hulkenberg's hunger for that ultimate step into the top flight. Not because he's poor, not because he's rubbish, but trumpets. Do we not just get the impression that Hulkenberg is just a bit of a modern day? James Hunt, he just loves being a Formula One driver, perfectly happy in his world. He's a handsome, rich young man at the very top of a a celebrity level sport. I imagine he doesn't go home alone after many parties. I think the, the lad's just cruising. If Ricardo comes in there and beats him by 20 points, that's not going to be any skin off his nose. Renault are not going to sack him. He gets to keep being Nico Hulkenberg. It is a very enviable position to be in, Not to bad. be the driver they choose to keep with someone with a huge reputation coming in. If you continue to perform as they expect, well, then you've got nothing to worry about. If you do better, well, then you look better. So it's really, yeah, it's a very sweet position he's managed to negotiate for, for himself. And you may be right. And this may be ultimately why, when the positions have been available, that the top, top teams seem to have just, you know, missed him out of the corner of their eye. Yeah, it's not that there's anything particularly wrong with him. It's just that he has just not had that that final rush, that final spark. And you kind of, do you get the feeling that if they said, all right, do you know what? Verstappen's, uh, sorry, Vettel's just retired. Uh, there's that that space at Ferrari. You're, you're in against someone who's only got one year's experience. Do you want to come on? It'll be a hot pressurized year we're in it we're fighting for the title that he might kind of lean back in a high back chair look at the company he's got for the evening and say calmly down his phone "Eh, do you know what i'm happy make me an offer i can refuse yes uh stevens can you imagine how different his career would be if if he was the one to get the mclaren seat in 2013 rather than perez who i i would i would have said was more deserving of that seat you think Hulkenberg was more deserving than Perez and you think he would have done better against Button? I I think that Hulkenberg is actually is quite buttonish, just without the brawn, you know, fortune. Well, I don't I, maybe it's because we haven't had uh, you know a proper sighting of uh, his abilities, to, you know, directly against someone that we highly regard, but uh, I, I think that he would have done better than Perez. Yeah. Especially, you know, based on the fact that he had uh, a, a great debut year, he had a cracking year in the Force India in 2012, um, and you know, yeah, he didn't score the podiums that Perez did because that Sauber was just immense in race trim. 
but I think in a in an ailing McLaren team in 2013 against Jensen Bunn, he would have handled that quite well. That is wild speculation. And I like it. That's what we do here. Trumpets. We've had two awards then. We've had the clever, oh, I'm Trumpets. I know about things in history. Orville and Wilbur Wright Award. The I'm Headed Home Early Award. And I, I believe we have a third one. Yes, the chat room has tossed up the Hulk Smash Award for his <clears throat> excellence in destroying the races of both Charles, <laughs> Charles Leclerc and Alonzo at various points during the season. And I, I felt like we had to put that in there. Mm, I, he's not been as crash happy as some people, even some pe- some of the top drivers. So hard to give him the Hulk Smash Award. The headed home early uh, does, does seem apt, though, given that he... D- failed to finish more than a third of the Grand Prix last season. Or was it, how many was there? Was there 20 last year? Or 21. 21. Exactly so he failed to finish a third of the Grand Prix. I think that's pretty good. I don't have an awards bumper. Otherwise, I would press it now. However, it does lead on to Ricciardo, his teammate. How do you think Daniel Ricciardo is going to do, you guys? Let's start with Stevens. Let's move the focus onto him. Firstly, why do you really think he left? I don't think he's running scared. I think it's just the Game of Thrones thing. He's just looked at Red Bull and gone, this ain't my patch. I want I want a little slice of F1 for my own. Take my chances. I think in the Renault, he will... I mean, he's not going to be able to get the results You know, he's used to at this point. And I think at times that's going to frustrate him a little bit. But there are certainly some opportunities for him to put in some interesting drives. Um, and... Against Hulkenberg, yeah, he'll he'll do really well against Hulkenberg, I think. Um, You know, at worst, Hulkenberg is going to match him on a good day, I think. The the good thing, you know, about this is that it's just going to put him in a position quite a lot of the time, I think, where we get to see some cracking, overtaking maneuvers from him again. You've raised a really interesting point. You are just firing and sparking on all cylinders today, Chris, as far as the edit knows. And that is a great point because you remember, Matt, when uh, Vettel and, and Verstappen clashed. Um, sorry, uh, Ricciardo and Vettel clashed. Ricciardo had come from a Toro Rosso where handling was a little bit awkward, a little bit off. And in, in fact, when Max Verstappen went to Red Bull as well, he ended up you know, turning too early in Monaco uh, just after the swimming pool complex because there was so much grip, you know, so we could have a reverse effect here. Well, we could, and it may take him time to get used to the characteristics of the Renault, but especially in the midfield, <clears throat> the ability to overtake is going to be a highly prized quality in a driver because the margins there are much, much less than they are at the sharp end. So what we're going to see is um, Renault really being able to maximize their points haul. And the difference, I think, at the end of the day, and it's been pointed out in the chat room, is that whenever, and I think you made the same point, remarkably enough, whenever he gets in sniffing distance of a podium, things just tend to go wrong for Hulkenberg. With Ricciardo there, it's not going to be an issue for Renault at all. All right, then. So we've got some awards for Ricciardo. Ricciardo. Ricardo. Call him whatever you like. He doesn't seem to really care as long as you're buying the beer. It's good philosophy. All right, what yes. awards have um, we got for him? Uh, he, we start out with the Pavarotti Award for his truly magnificent outburst after retiring from the Japanese uh, Grand Prix um, and his guttural howl of frustration following yet another loss of power during qualifying. 
Uh, is that when he was walking down the pit lane? Yes, you remember he just let loose with this howl and then said some words that I won't repeat because, you know. Even the dumbed down version that you put in the notes is actually too rude as well. But he definitely said the F word and that's bad kids. Ask your dad or older uncle because your dad will lie to you. Your older uncle will will tell you the truth and let you watch South Park. And now then, um, he did a few things of frustration as well, didn't he? Like punching holes in locker room walls and things that don't normally get out in the press. But I think because of the nature of the relationship on his way out of Red Bull, this was after he'd announced he was leaving. And I think there was a frustration building up and he, he kind of addressed it. And he was kind of, he did that joking, not joking thing where he said, the car is cursed. And obviously he's joking that the car is cursed. But the frustration level wasn't. And that was just, it was a brilliant bit of comedy just to sit there with genuine frustration and be able to to come out with something like that. Um, But you got the feeling that had he been superstitiously inclined, he might well have believed his car was cursed. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy to see how that happens, even if it wasn't, even when there's no intent. It just, you know, the ball starts rolling downhill. He was already leaving. He wasn't involved in the technical briefings. But he had a run of truly rotten luck for that power unit. And I can't blame him at all. And especially because he was able to both be that upset and yet somehow still be graceful about it. It was a very impressive thing, I thought. Now, Chris Stevens, the next award that we've got listed that he might get is the What You Drinking Mate Award for the person we'd most like to go for a pint with. I disagree with this because I think that behind the scenes, Daniel Ricardo is actually evil despite the smiley personality. So I'm going to pass. I'm going to wait for Steve Jones to come and buy me that pint, finally. Yeah, well, they don't call him the honey badger for no reason. Yeah, honey badgers are mean. Yeah, I, he got a bit of a reputation during his junior formula days. Oh, um, oh do tell. Uh, well, it was, uh, I, I don't have too many specifics, but it was you know, more to do with uh, how he handled himself about the paddock and how he was able to get the upper hand in uh, races a lot of the time and, and beat his teammates, beat his championship rivals, you know, and in a, in an under your skin kind of way. He, he was very good at the, the off track politics. Uh, Jan Roger Klitberg in the chat room says, no, Danny is not evil. Mm, that You could be part of the conspiracy. You can join this live chat room, by the way, by going to YouTube and searching for Missed Apex Podcast, and then you can join in this live chat. It's a lot of fun. When people miss the live chat and they they listen to the podcast, I do get messages sometimes saying, oh, it's not the same. Well, I hope you still like the podcast, but it is cool here to be part of it and seeing what doesn't make the cut. Uh, Matt, at this point, I, before we decide on an award for Ricardo, just going to say you and I have conjured up a quick plan for Monday afternoons my time, haven't we? Yeah, we do. We, ha- we have had a thought and we are going to do a thing. So normally we hang around after the live stream and have a bit of a waffle for 40 minutes and then the live stream can see that, but then we put it out for the people who support us on patreon.com forward slash missed apex. Please do that. It keeps the lights on in the shed. Um, but it's just started to take its strain because, you know, we start at eight. Matt has a technical problem. We're late. And then Matt talks about tires that adds an extra half an hour. We go on till like 20 to 10. Then we hang around and we waffle. And I'm like, oh, man, it's like half 10 by the time I've hung up the Skype call. And then I've got, you know, two hours of editing, post-production, all the rest of it. So just decided to cut that down, try and be a bit more disciplined on making it an hour show, saying goodbye a bit quicker. But 
to make up for that, Matt and I are going to do a patron waffle on a Monday where we just catch up a little bit, talk a little bit about the show before, what we're planning, a little bit inside baseball, a little bit behind the shed, and a little bit just about our lives. Because Matt and I used to, didn't we, Matt? We used to just have a podcast where we could just hang out and just talk about our day and talk about our lives. And I kind of miss that. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much was a podcast for quite some time till we realized that people were actually listening to us and we better get serious. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I had to delete the feeds, uh, and especially the first episode of Dad Hub. I listened back to that and went, oh, my goodness, why would you say that? But yeah, of course, uh, you know, th- there was about three people listening back then. So it didn't matter. So Matt and I will do a little waffle uh, for the patrons. We're going to do that on a Monday uh, and we'll hope that you can join us there and we'll put that on a little audio feed. We won't live stream that. Uh, let's go to the last award for Ricardo. And that is the very aptly named It's Not You, It's Me Award. Because following his long dance with Christian Horner, he finally decided that Greener Pastures was the best choice instead of playing second fiddle to Max. And Chris, second fiddle is a little bit harsh. I think, I think it's a territory thing, but it has opened up yet another exciting prospect. A lot of people, okay, let's go to trumpet, sorry. A lot of people really rate Gasly. Well, no, Gasly is quite good. But I think from Ricky Arda's point of view, he was a senior driver in the team and they gave Max basically, mm. I heard. Ooh about twice as much as they offered Ricciardo. And I think, oh, I think yeah. you could just sort of see, you know, not that they would say it out loud, but you could clearly see where Red Bull were going to put their marketing fortune. It, it could just be that Max has got a better agent and better negotiating power. It, it might not be an indication of how they value them as drivers and how they would treat them on track. However, even though... 5 million might not be much of a difference. I don't know what the actual figures are. It is a point score, isn't it? And it is value. And it is a bit of a a kick in the teeth if someone is valued in monetary terms twice as much as you are for whatever the reason you go, oh, oh, hang on a minute. Oh, I guess so. He had his contract renewal coming up. You reckon the offer on the table was half of what Verstappen was on? When he was renewed, when Verstappen right. was renewed. So, yeah. so it wasn't that Verstappen you know, suddenly overtook him. Well, I guess it was. And then Ricardo must have asked, can you match that? And they've gone, no. So actually, yeah, I can, I've got a bit of sympathy for moving on there. Yeah, like I said, this is not something that I <clears throat> say that I confirmed with multiple sources. But that was that was the talk at the time that it played a part in his decision to go to a new team. Oh, Matt, you're ill. Can you stay all the way back? Don't come any closer. You stay 8,000 miles away. No, don't. Don't lick the webcam. I'm pretty sure that's how diseases uh, diseases are spread. All right. Which <laughs> of the three awards do you want to uh, award to Danny? The Pavarotti Award for his outbursts. The What You Drinking Mate for person you two would like to go for a pint with the most, even though I maintain he's evil. Or the It's Not You, It's Me Award following his long dance with Horner. Uh, the Pavarotti Award. There we go. The Pavarotti Award for definitely saying a bad word as he went past the camera. Tell you what then, we've got a little bit of time. Let's finish off with one very small news item. Big Dirty News. Mr. Jewitza in the chat room is saying, Not true, Matt. They offered him everything he wanted. Oh, tell you what, let's do a bit more research and then let's do some digging. Let's see if we can find some sources and, and understand things. And, <laughs> and then, and then we'll, we'll revisit that topic. Uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about Renault news item wise. 
Um, yeah, they have um, <clears throat> in, a, in a move very reminiscent of McLaren last year. They are coming into the season saying that they've made massive gains on the power unit side and on the aero side as well. And essentially what our friend Cyril, nicest guy in the paddock, is saying is that the the car that we are going to see this this year is essentially the culmination of an 18 month development project and it will re- it will represent if i can remember how to talk properly it will represent the entire output of the new restructuring that's been occurring over the last couple of years at instone so they they've essentially there was the split, and Abitable stayed at Renault, and then um, the other partner went to Sauber. And it's been his play toy, and he's been restructuring it the last couple of years. And he's saying that the car we're going to see, um, and I believe we're going to see it February 12th, if you're playing along at home, is going to represent what he's been working towards ever since that happened. I don't think that they are going to be showing the benefits of any culmination. I'm just not optimistic. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I I think they're going to slip backwards this year, as in not move as far forward as everybody else. There's been a little bit of a roll of the dice of the regulations. That always separates the the great teams from the not-so-great, and I think Renault are going to find themselves lacking in, in relative progress. I think it's possible that will be the case, especially if this is a very large design uh, revolution year for them. Typically, that can be associated with being on the back foot at the beginning of the season. So I don't necessarily think they will match last year's performance. But if they've really got everything in a row, then the car itself might wind up being quite competitive, especially when you put people like uh, Ricciardo behind the wheel. Go on, Chris. Let's hear from you then before we fade out to black. Uh, I think that they will move forward a little bit. They've got the capacity to. It's a good opportunity for them. I do have to wonder, you know, if they've been working on this car for 18 months, how much did the announcement of this year's regulation changes, which of course only came about halfway through the 2018 season, how much has that affected the development of this car? Because if you know, we all know when front wings are being changed, that changes the whole aerodynamic properties of the car. So how much of a setback was that? Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? All right. Let's address this Ricciardo Verstappen contract issue because the chat room has weighed in and apparently it was on um, another podcast. They mentioned another uh, beyond something. Never heard of it. But uh, basically between Anders, Merckman, European, Mark Greenow. Uh, and Davidion, uh, they've basically come up with this storyline, which is, hey, Max Stappen brings 600 billion orange-shirted fans. Maybe that's why he's worth more, which is good input. But the story I'm hearing through all of this is, let's see, Mirror 303 starts off by saying, I've heard that Max was offered a contract by Mercedes for 2017, but Red Bull outpaid Mercedes. Now, if that's true, that's a little telling as well. What? It can't have just have been money. They can't be short of a bob or two. Surely you'd have taken the Mercedes seat, the team that's been dominating, and the team that then subsequently won four titles. Chris, do you know, I find that hard to take. Which driver, who believes he's the best in the world, which I'm sure Max does, turns down the Mercedes seat? Do you want to be Lewis Hamilton's teammate? If you're Max Verstappen, I think Max Verstappen thinks who'd want to be Max Verstappen's teammate. Uh, I don't know. I think Max is uh, smart enough to realise that at his age and his level of experience, even mm-hmm. he's not going to be able to topple Lewis, who is at his peak. Okay, well, maybe then. 
Uh, go on then, Matt. Sorry. It's an it's a it's an everything to lose, nothing to gain scenario for Verstappen. World title. He could have been yeah, a world champion. Be Hamilton. He could be two time world champion. It's over. Oh, Hamilton. Rosberg beat him completely on merit and not at all just by default. Um, because the rest of the grid was eight minutes behind. And <laughs> let's start that argument again. Uh, right, and then the rest of that story basically says that Red Bull then blew their budget on that contract and then therefore um, they couldn't match Daniel Ricciardo because they were just out of money. Now, apparently this is all from the very good Beyond the Grid podcast, which is the official Formula One podcast, which is cheating. It's cheating being the official Formula One podcast. It's also cheating being the BBC's official F1 podcast, which makes us probably like top three of podcasts, doesn't it? It's cheating, it's cheating isn't it, Chris? It doesn't count. Yeah, now for E-Radio, I have to say that we're the... The second formerly podcast. Oh, now then, if you look in the automotive section of iTunes, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised that E-Radio uh, briefly popped into the top 10. And I think it might still be there. And I think it was in New and Noteworthy as well. So course for celebration, Matt and Chris have been tirelessly working away since I abandoned E-Radio show. Um, I, I've been doing it since season one. I kind of fell out of love with it, trying to get back into it this season. But Matt and Chris have taken it on for the last two seasons. And plugging away at a podcast when like 50 people are listening to it, that shows passion and desire for a project. And now they're reaping the benefits now that people are starting to listen. And now that Formula E kind of has the attention of the motorsport world, you can find that by following at E Radio Show on Twitter or mistapexpodcast.com forward slash E Radio. That's where you can find a player with all the episodes. Chris already said his Twitter handle where you can follow him. Just search Chris Stevens. There's underscores in there. I'm not plugging that twice in a show. That's terrible. You can find Matt at MattPT55. And A. Weaver writes uh, is his wife uh, who writes books that are, I'm just going to, I'm not going to shy away from it, Matt. They're mucky. They're romance. Yeah, they're mucky. They're romance. Okay, we could we could go on all day. But anyway, they are books that your wife might enjoy on an airplane. Yeah, and most importantly, we'll buy you some free time when that race is on. Exactly. There we go. And you can follow me at Spanners Ready on Twitter or on Facebook. I've got my DMs open on that and the Myth Apex account. And you can friend me on Facebook and send me messages there. Or you can email me at SpannersReady at gmail.com. Since I've been saying this, since I've said my DMs are open, my Facebook messages are open, people have got in touch and... And it's been absolutely great. We've had some great back and forths. And as of yet, no one has been really mean. So for the time being, I'm, I'm quite happy to keep doing that. MissedApexPodcast.com forward slash karting. Uh, I'll be there. Chris, you'll be there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so looking forward to it. I cannot wait to to see uh, everyone again and do another live show. It's It's going to be awesome. And maybe we'll even have a drinky pop or two. Guys, next week, we probably definitely maybe have penciled in Matthew Carter. But if not, there will definitely be someone in the shed. So whatever the show is, remember that wounds heal, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. This is Missed Apex. Well, that just goes to show what you can do when you have loads of warning and super prepare for a show, eh, guys? Indeed. And we could even still add comment of the week when well, you're I, ready. I can't because my phone smashed 
like for the third time. So I smashed it a little bit and I was like, oh, I guess I can live with that. Then I smashed it a second time because I was had it on like this watch strap thing while I was playing like laser tag with tree face and then and mine fell off my wrist and fell on a brick and then i really smashed it for a third time just randomly because apparently i hate my phone so it's being fixed which means that i haven't got my bumper on there so um dun 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 no that's i even hummed the wrong one i'll do it i'll do it it. oh no comment of the week bad matt i could just go get my ipad and plug it in and play the bumper for you yeah but that will take a long time and you could have read 18 comments by now. Let's just Which stick. Is about how many I've got. So perhaps I should just get started. Settle in, everyone. So much for the early nights we talked about. All right, fine. All right. So starting at the bottom and working backwards through the show, we have Mirror 303 of Fi. Okay. But will Reno have a party mode next year in reference to the incoming party boy, Daniel Ricciardo? Uh, Daniel Kranich, my guess as to why Danny went to Renault was because he wants to be on the bleeding edge of Renault engine failures, <laughs> which interesting, if true. Yes. Um, even I win. Oh, is that how you say it? That's very clever of you to do. I win Anderson spanners, unless you were principal for Forrest Trump racing wall, then you wouldn't, which I just like the idea of a team called Forrest Trump racing. Now wall, he was talking like, about I, if I was principle of force trump racing wall i wouldn't want perez is the context he put that in oh that's interesting politics i have no strong opinion one way or the other on this politics thing so i can't comment anyway i found that amusing nonetheless uh richard malden late of iRacing, says chris looks tired has he been traveling recently i presume there is sarcasm behind that remark no he has just got low karma karmic energy is that what it, i think you've just got karmic like, energy you just got because <laughs> be, it's, it's a real thing it's when you are a terrible content creator and then you come on a good show that karmic energy fades away dude i cannot express how exhausted i am <laughs> there we have it over here richard malden in the chat right now vying for the win with if only bumpers could be added in the edit oh, i don't want to edit anymore i'm sleepy <laughs> all right come on let's have a winner all right well, all right uh chris looks tired european with alcohol preserves the fruit and finally i think we have to i think you will agree with me this is the real winner dom Byrne with chris stevens or a tumbleweed gift fine fine well done dom There we go. Instead of listening to your comments that you were reading out, I was busy finding the comment of the week bumper. That's the kind of slick operation we run here. Missed Apex out. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.